Nothing can stop us now. Did you miss me? When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Hello, good day, and welcome to uh, episode three of Let's Slay with Swell and Jay. I'm Swell, and of course, with me as always is... Jay. Um, We are coming back to you after taking a week off, and we will get into exactly why that happened in a little bit, but uh, I think we're both super excited to be back here recording, back on the proverbial airwaves, back with our um, our thing that really separates us apart as uh, white gentlemen in 2023, a podcast. A podcast. You know, it's we like, are, we, uh, we, we are not, we are not generic. I don't, I don't think we're generic. We're not very generic. It, I, I don't it's feel like, like that. It's like that old joke, right? Like you have a murder of crows, a gaggle of geese, a podcast of men, a podcast of men, just a large group of generic <laughs> men. <laughs> we should probably, we should probably look into that and, and, you know, dice it up in a little bit, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. That could be like a six part series podcast, the podcast examining the psychological ramifications of those who do and don't host podcasts. I love it. Amazing. Um, so I alluded to in our little intro that we missed last week, and obviously it's our goal never to miss weeks of shows, um, but especially so early on in our run. But uh, for those of you who don't follow me on social media or aren't my friend in real life, I took a fall and I broke my elbow. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no is right. And um, it's one of those things where I've been searching for some grand answer as to why this happened you know i think there's a a tendency in life especially for those who like to operate with logic to peel back the layers and try to understand why and i i think the longer that's gone on the more pain that i've suffered you know I, i have had surgery at this point um which was which was a blast um i think the thing i've learned is try not to fall again yeah, you you took a pretty nasty fall, but my my father once told me when I was younger, he said, you know, accidents, there's a reason they call them accidents, right? Nobody intends that tends for that to happen. There's a series of events that led to that point, but you know, accidents are accidents and things happen in life. And you know, you said that you were kind of in a lot of pain. You know, you've told me multiple times through text message and phone calls that you're in a lot of pain. You also um at once sang to me one night, which was really nice. You, uh, yeah. you thing to me. Listen, <laughs> uh, there's no two ways ab- about it. I now know this firsthand, but also in, in some of the reading I've done. Apparently, the elbow is one of the most painful bones to break because mm. it's at a, a point in the body where a lot of different things are like converging and meeting. Um. So when I had surgery, they had to do like three completely separate, all in the elbow, but three completely separate surgeries to fix different things. Um, so it wasn't just like I fractured one bone. I like demolished the elbow. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think anybody that's like listening right now who has um, ever hit their elbow on anything, you know, even minorly, knows that that's no fun. So I, when you told me you broke your elbow, I, I, I physically like dropped my phone. Like I cringed. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly, I'm just thankful that I was able to get in for surgery pretty quickly. Um, when I went to the ER you know the ambulance and I, I have to say not that any i can barely remember their names because the pain was so bad um or that i think any of them will will ever hear this but from the second the ambulance came and picked me up where i was 
through getting to the hospital, checking in, waiting, getting the x-rays. Then they had to do a um, a resetting procedure, which I'm not going to go into more detail, but it was as excruciating as you might Ooh. think. Ooh. Throughout all of that, every single person I encountered was lovely. And we're talking from like 1 a.m. till 6 a.m. when you might get the doldrum shifts, the people, you know, people who don't want to be there or who, for whatever reason, you know, but everyone was truly, truly lovely. And as someone who is um, notoriously uh, allergic to doctors, <laughs> um, for, for lack of a better term, uh, everyone did a really good job of making me feel calm, feel well taken care of in a very vulnerable time. You said you said the doldrums. I, I'm just I'm just like picturing like what was it like a nurse that comes in with like a cigarette in her mouth like come on let me take a look at that elbow you know, <laughs> well, like, like, you know that, like. so there was definitely one older woman manning the desk who was kind of that type okay um you know kind of like the um the lady in Beetlejuice um, oh my gosh oh the uh the yeah where the she a- who's checking people into the the afterlife yes uh, yes. <laughs> But the main nurse, and I do remember her name was Nurse Christina. She was amazing. She was younger. She had pink hair. She just had a really calming presence. Um, awesome. And so, yeah, you know, in a situation, like I said, where I was in immense pain and confused and still trying to figure out what was going on. And, the, and yeah, they all did and a it's great, great job. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, and also it's, it's, um, you know, we've all, as you know, as your friends and loved ones, we've all been obviously immensely worried about you since you fell. And I would say that I know that you've been going through a lot, a lot of pain. Um, and it kind of, you know, when you have an injury like this, it kind of, you know, disrupts your life in a way, you know, I mean, not in a way, it definitely disrupts your life. It seems to put up like the brakes go on, right? You know, the brakes get yeah, and everything. Like I I really other than so I, I went, um, like I said, I had the surgery. Um other than two nights, the night before and the night after the surgery where I stayed at my parents' house, mm-hmm. si- since I had the injury, I haven't really gone anywhere. Right. Um, I've just been staying home. I'm very lucky that I can work from home. Um but I've really been taking the opportunity to rest to sl- I've been so tired to sleep a lot. Like there've been a, like, I'm at the point now where the doctor said I could start going out if I want to. And like, there's a couple movies I really want to see. Um, I got invited to like a work happy hour and I just don't want to overdo it because I want to heal well. And, you know, if tomorrow or Friday I do finally go back, do things, go to my office, see a movie, like, I will know I didn't rush it or put myself in a situation where I didn't heal quick enough or I bang it up again and, you know, the sutures mess up. But yeah, it just, it it really does put a stop on a lot of things. And I think it's a lesson to be aware of how everyone is going through their own shit on a given day. Right. Um, it is never for us to fully understand or judge how or why people are making the choices they're making, why it may take someone a certain amount of time, like just to get a t-shirt on right now, I, I need a second pair of hands and it takes me like 10 minutes to get it it's, on. It's like the uh, double dare physical challenge. Yeah. So it's just all of these things where it's like me as a, a relatively able-bodied person right? Wh- who is now going through this, it, it gives me more compassion and understanding for um 
our friends and family and those people who have more accessibility concerns, who deal with chronic pain, who have mobility issues. Um, sure. We should, and we should all be more thoughtful and aware of, of just what it takes for some people to get through a day. Absolutely. And there's a whole, there's a whole mental health, you know, aspect to it as well. You know, it, it there's, there's, there's going through your day or struggling through your day or, or, or having your whole life disrupted or thinking about things that other people are doing right now that you can't do and, and trying to overcome that. It it's, there's definitely a, a component. It's not just a physical component. There's definitely a mental component to it as well that can take some time to try to navigate. And it can often take just like the physical component you're talking about, the, the, the mental component can also take, where you need help from more than one person, you know, or one more than one person to listen to you or say what you're going through in your day or what difficulties you're finding. Or, you know, I think there were multiple times where you, you, you talk to me where you're like, I'm going stir crazy in the house, you know? Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like obviously the physical pain is the most immediate and the most easily um, understandable for, for others, but I have never been one to, to be quiet about um, my, my uh, mental health struggles. Um, I, I think it's something more people should talk about. I think there's too much of a stigma on it. I think it's okay to to be like, hey, I'm not doing okay. I need help. Um, For sure. Big proponent of therapy, medic, whatever it is that you need. But you're right. Like my mental health since this happened has also been totally on the fritz from something as simple as, yeah, like I was supposed to be back in Florida last weekend at Horror Nights with you guys getting you more run th through the houses going to the UCF football game, which we demolished Villanova, by the way. Um, yeah. So would have been fun. Charge to on. There. You know, and things that listen in the grand scheme of life, I'm missing them. It happens. Right. But um, still there's that level of should have been me or I was supposed to be there, which sucks. And then on top of that, this was such a, I was saying to you earlier, mm -hmm. this was such a silly stupid accident right like if i had been bicycling and took a tumble or was skiing or was god forbid in a car accident at least that has a story to it right this was as simple as i was leaving a restaurant i misjudged how how high the step was i overshot it and i went forward landed on the elbow i tripped and mm. fell yep <laughs> which is such a simple thing it happens all the time right people trip and fall all the time this was just a worse um injury that people normally get but it's definitely had me in my weaker moments like in the middle of the night like doubting myself questioning my choices making me feel really small and insignificant um yeah. because it was such a, a dumb accident so i'm just sort of like feeling it on every end hell yeah, well, you know everybody everybody makes mistakes you know that's that's what makes us human you know i think it's part of our evolution too you talked about to talked about earlier is that you know the, you you fell, you feel silly about it, but you're also experiencing this great amount of pain. And that's the beautiful thing about the, how the human body is designed, whether you believe in some, you know, immaculate design, grand design, or just basic evolution. Um, people, people need to realize that when you have this level of pain, it's your body informing you that, yeah, you might not want to do that again, or, or you'll be more mindful next time. And hopefully that you'll take account of that, which I, you and I have talked about, I think you have. I, yeah. I, 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 I think it's one of those things that your body informs you, Hey, this, this does not feel fun. I will not do this again, or at least try not to on, you know, the best of my ability. I mean, maybe it's as simple as going forward. Like I take an extra half second 
before yeah. doing sure. something. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Even if even if it's just that, but you you were saying like the human body is so fragile. Yep. Um, it is. I, and I think it's incredible how medical medicine has advanced to the point where they can fix it. Like I now have will forever and ever have metal in my body now because of this. You are RoboCop or yeah, I, I'm I'm a Cylon or a Terminator. <laughs> choo, choo, choose your pop culture related robotic android. I'm C-3PO, exactly T one thousand human elbow relations. Human um, elbow relations. Yeah. Um. Right. So it's incredible that they could fix it. But it still hurts, but it's so fragile. So, you know, I know that these last 20 minutes have sort of been like, Hey guys, listen to my therapy session. But I think Jay and I wanted to really put a human touch on, on this podcast. Um, and also just be really honest about what, you know, we go through on a daily week, um, separate and apart from the fun stuff that we're going to keep talking about, including absolutely. This absolutely. Um, so I don't want to drag things down too much. Like, listen, in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to be okay. I'm healing every day is a little better than the last day. Uh, I'm going to do the physical therapy I need. I am still going to definitely make it down for more horror nights this season. This is not like a moratorium. This is a, a unfortunate respite, yes. um, but I will swell veil again. Wah, you, wah. Are, you are, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. you are, you are, you are, I always say that, you know, in this circumstance, you look at it and you say, you are blessed, loved, and cared for, and and you are one of the lucky ones that we know that there are other people in this world that may not have those things. And, yeah, I I have uh, I have felt so well taken care of, and um, I agree with you. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. not everyone is so lucky. Like I was saying earlier, how like I don't know how I would be able to put a shirt on myself right now. Right. Like so, just the fact that I have a roommate who cares enough to help, it's a it's a gift. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel very lucky, all things considered. Mm -hmm. So there's been some other fun stuff going on. Um, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Let's talk fun se stuff. Segways are hard in general. So let's just <laughs> dive right into some cool, refreshing water. Um, <laughs> I want to know about your experience um, at Journey of Water, inspired Mo by Moana at Epcot. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I recently got to go to the journey of water um oh. and it was um quite frankly not to spoil it for anybody but it was amazing um i i was a person that watched the construction of the journey of water at epcot for anybody who doesn't know the journey of water is a walkthrough interactive experience there's no there's no belt way to get on or anything no ride vehicle you're literally walking through the area um i will say that i was highly skeptical when they were building it of how it would fit within the culture of Epcot. But I'll tell you that they Imagineering knocked it out of the park. I, I think it is a lovely addition to Epcot. I think it is going to be loved by, especially by families and small children. I think that older folks are going to love it. You know what? Everybody's going to love it because I loved it. And I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. It made me feel amazing. I love to hear that. Um, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but if someone asked me what my favorite Walt Disney World theme park is, my answer is Epcot. Yes. Um, and some of that admittedly might be partly this vision I have of what I remember Epcot being in the 90s when I was a kid, mm -hmm. when it was really about learning. 
where you know and we do still have stuff i love living with the land i love the imagination pavilion even though i think the figment ride is due for some um refurb and some love um i love the seas like there is still a strong element of learning at epcot i i think we have just also seen that go away a little bit in favor of still really really enjoyable attractions that are needed to boost ticket sales yeah for sure and and it's I usually always use the term edutainment. You know, yes. this is this is what this is what Journey of Water is. It's Journey of Water inspired by Moana. It's not a Moana ride. It's not an uh, it's not a Moana experience. Even though Moana's meet and greet is going to be there, it's it's a great way to marry Disney IP to something educational, which is they are literally teaching you the journey of water as you walk through from where it starts in the atmosphere to where it ends up in our oceans, our rivers, our lakes, and also getting you to interact with that water at the same time with your hands. Uh, a lot of a lot of motion sensors, a lot of touching water in different places. You will at some point or another, you're either going to touch water or get wet from water in this in this location. I mean, there's ways to avoid it. You can be completely dry. You don't have to interact with anything. I think that takes away from your experience if you don't interact with the actual exhibit itself. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to really, really love Journey of Water. And speaking of Journey of Water, I will also say that one of the things, one of the small things that I really love about the exhibit is that they built a bathroom into the space, um, which sounds weird that I would be like really into that, but it's just, it's the care of, look, there's going to be a lot of small children there, older folks, whatever. It's a very low key space to sit and kind of just enjoy nature or enjoy the water and like the playfulness of the water and like the interactivity of everything. And maybe you don't want to leave that space. You know, you don't want to leave that little, what's essentially an oasis and right. you want to stay there and you want to sit there. And it's nice that there's, it's it's nice that they thought of the convenience of the bathroom right there. Yeah. I think that's really thoughtful. Um, All of the photos that I've seen of it thus far look stunning. There's been, you know, the way people have framed photos with, you know, the statue mm-hmm. um, and the waterfall and then spaceship earth behind it. But I think I was saying, and then you were kind of talking about it. This to me feels like the perfect sweet spot for Disney moving forward while having thoughtful new attractions. Yes. Um, and also being able to tie in some of their IP to it in a way that doesn't inherently make it all about the IP or be a less good attraction because they are making it all about the IP. Like, I don't necessarily think today we should go into a huge debate, but there has been a shift in the way Imagineering operates these days with a, a far more heavy emphasis on ip-based attractions yes oh um, absolutely you know i i still i i like the ride thoroughly it still takes mental gymnastics for me to understand how cosmic rewind fits in epcot yeah right oh yeah for but, sure. but but that is proven to be a super beloved attraction i think imagineering did a great job and it's now a part of the fabric of the park right so sometimes it the justification comes backwards but the idea of inspired by Moana. So you're putting the education first in that classic Epcot style. It brings some lushness and some greens to an area of the park that had basically become like a concrete playground. Correct. Um, And it just seems like, like a really strong thing I would like to see them do more of. And this is what I think can set Disney apart from some of its brethren, 
right? Like, sure, you could sit there and say this sort of exhibit with tracking the story of water and the moving pieces is like what you might find at a well-funded local children's science museum. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we're but also... No you know, we're also talking about new Epcot versus old Epcot. You always see that that argument playing out. People are saying, I wish Epcot was like it was in 1988 or whatever. Right. And then people now saying, I love Cosmic Rewind. This is a little bit of new Epcot plus old Epcot. Yeah, it, it feels like a, the perfect balance. And and if, if they can learn the right lessons for this going forward as they start to change other, like, um, you know, for example, what they're going to end up doing in Dinoland, yes. Animal Kingdom, I think this would be a great lesson to take. You can, you know, it's that thing like enhance it. Don't be dictated by it. Correct. Awesome. Fantastic. So when when does that open to everyone? Because I know it's still just in different kind I know, of previews I know it's right coming now. up um, October. 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 Um, I think it's coming up in October. I think, um, I know I have another AP preview date. I have one booked on October 3rd. So I, I, I know it's um, beginning of October. I, I was given like just an open window of DVC preview dates. Okay. Um, and I, I'm gonna we're trying to see if if a trip might coincide with it, but it really depends on the next step with the arm. But... It's so it's so beautiful. It's it, I I highly recommend everybody get out and see it because it's it's something that if you like Epcot or you have or if you have like you know really good and fond memories. By the way, it's October sixteenth. Um. Great. Yeah, if you have really fond memories of old Epcot as you know, you went there as a younger self, if you're listening to this right now and you just you're very nostalgic for old Epcot, this will tickle your fancy. I love that. I, I'm so excited to see it myself. I've been like just in awe at some of the photos. I can't wait to get a bring a nice camera in there and get some shots as well. It's so good. Um I feel like it's definitely gonna now be up there with the uh, um floating mountains of Pandora as one of the most photographed spots across disney property i agree with you completely i think that people are going to be taking and i'm interested to see the angles that they that they that people utilize because i think that there's there's a lot of levels there like a, there's a lot of playing with depth in that space that you can i think we're going to see new angles and new shots for months to come i love that that's so exciting yeah, yeah. nice job disney yeah nice job um, speaking about Disney, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this year's not so scary Halloween party. Boo to you. Boo to you, indeed. So yeah. obviously, our first two episodes here of the show were basically fully devoted to Horror Nights, because here at Let's Slay, we love the spooky, scary Horror Nights. We do. And we sort of ended up, la boo, ended up launching <laughs> this, this show to coincide right with opening weekend. But interestingly, I had actually been to not so scary Halloween party this year. Before we went oh, on ho, August eight, we went on August the eighteenth, oh, um, which is early for a Halloween party, um, and it was pretty hot and humid. Um, but uh, I had not been to one since either twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, um, and just had a fabulous time. Um, you know, I haven't I think... been this year, so you're I you're I am literally at your mercy here about you know I what is the difference in you know this year versus last year. Or please explain. So the first thing I noticed is so the the night was supposedly sold out, mm. right? It's a hard it's a hard ticket event. So you even even if you do have daytime admission to the Magic Kingdom, uh, you need a separate ticket to go to this party. Um, if you're already in the park during the day, you don't have to leave and come back through. There are, are like um, set up touch points where you can go 
scan your ticket and get the wristband you need for the Halloween party. So you don't have to leave the park. It's kind of like the way stay and scream functions, mm. um, which is nice. Uh, so we were already in there and then we went and we got our wristbands and just kept having a good time. That's awesome. Um, but the point is, I, I noted that there were signs everywhere that it was sold out and it definitely felt lively, but there was not a single attraction all night with a wait longer than 30 minutes. That's great. Um, That's great. That that includes Mine Train, Space Mountain, like the big guns. I think the long, honestly, the longest wait at one point, Haunted Mansion was maybe 40 minutes because of the thematic um, tie, uh, tie in with the event. Now, um, was was Tron open? It was. They okay. did they did a virtual queue drop okay. for Tron right at the start of the party. Okay. Okay. Um, and and those sold out in like a minute, and that was it for the run of the party. Okay, makes sense. Um, it, it was not on our list of things to do during the party, so we didn't really prioritize it. But sure, um, I did I did notice that. Um, but I and and I spoke to someone, and they said from the time they entered till the time they did the ride with their virtual queue was less than half an hour. Well, I know, I know. Also, one of the big things of these events is like the parade, the cavalcades, the the, yeah. the character sightings. How did how how did that shake out? Right. So that that for me is why I love the event. Um, it's obviously great to be at the park where the waits aren't too long. You can do a lot of attractions in a night. Um, but for me, Boo to You is my favorite Disney Parks parade, other than maybe Paint the Night, um, which was back in California um, a while back, but. I just think Booty You, the, the song is almost obnoxiously catchy. Um, I love the Fab Five in their Halloween costumes. I love the Haunted Mansion grave dig diggers. And they're like scraping their, their shovels across the concrete to get sparks. Just an, an incredibly enjoyable kind of weird parade. Um, we saw the second parade. We were sitting right across from the train station on Main Street. It was awesome. not that busy and just had a perfect view of everything. The Headless um, Horseman. Yeah, it starts off with the Headless Horseman, which is awesome. Um, it's just a great parade. Um, and the fireworks are a lot of fun, too. Um, you know, mm -hmm. obviously emphasizes um, a lot of villain -ish sequences. Um, and then you, you have your Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus Pocus and all that fun stuff. Um, and the Hocus Pocus stage show is enjoyable also that they do right there at the castle. Now, that that fireworks show, it's... it's I've, I haven't been, but... From what I've seen, the videos of it, it looks pretty impressive. And I live, spoiler alert, I live close enough to Disney World that I can hear that fireworks show from my house on party nights, like after 10 o'clock at night. And it sounds impressive. It sounds. Yeah, it, it has this like larger than life epic tone to it, which I love. There was an event, oh my God, a decade ago or approximately mm. uh, at Magic Kingdom. It was like a promotional event called Summer Nighttastic. Really? And... Something during those classic. during those nights, they had a special fireworks show at the Magic Kingdom where basically, if I'm remembering correctly, the story was the villains took over, took over the park, took over the park, yeah, took over yeah. the fireworks show. Yeah. And Ooh. like this, the Hollow Wishes fireworks or whatever they're calling it now, I don't know if it's still Hollow Wishes or Halloween Ever After, uh, reminds me a lot of that show. Um mm. So if you like villain content, if you like fiery imagery and ghosts, and it's just a lot of fun. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to have to go back and look at some of the summer night testing stuff as well. I'm, you know, I'm definitely uh, going to, I'm definitely interested in that. I hadn't heard about that. So be very, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't hear it brought up that often. So it, sometimes I'm like, was that a fever dream? But I remember flying down to Florida to go see yeah. summer night testing. Yeah. I'm sitting here reading about it now. Good time. It's, 
looks interesting. There's a ton of video out there. I'm going to have to go through some of yeah. this. It looks interesting. Definitely um, interesting. But yeah, you know, Not So Scary Halloween Party is a, a really fun event. Um, you and the kids can dress up in costumes. There's trick-or-treating trails. You can walk away with a, as much or as little candy as you want, depending how much time you devote to that. Mm, uh, a lot of candy. a lot of Yes, a lot of cute merch. Um, I got the uh, Party Spirit jersey this year, which I liked. Oh, fun. Um, what? Yeah. It's what color is the fun... jersey? The um the spirit jersey for the party is um like a darker color and it has Ooh. green green writing on it. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah, as opposed to it looks kind of like some of the haunted mansion ones they made. Oh, I love that. Um, Mickey's not so scary in neon green with purple outline and then like ghosts and and cobwebs everywhere. I love it. I love yeah. it. I I I know that a lot of the party nights have been sold out this year. It's been very very popular. Um. It, it it was definitely a concern I know of Disney when they went to a more draw drawn down event two years ago and then kind of brought the party back, you know, as, as the pandemic had, you know, well, I, you know, I, I, I have it on decent authority that, you know, when a hard ticket event is sold out, they're selling somewhere between third 20 to 40,000 tickets. I don't know exactly what the number right. is. It depends. And I think it shifts and right. it's probably different on one night than it is on another night, but sure. On, on a regular day at Magic Kingdom, it can be much, much busier than that. And yes. in prime times, like around July 4th, around the holiday, you're getting 80 plus thousand people in that park sometimes. Correct. So yeah, even though full. the party is sold out, right? That's like a Taylor Swift Eras tour amount of people. It's like in a, Magic it's Kingdom. A, it's at, a MetLife Stadium yeah. amount of people at, at the Magic Kingdom. It's a full MetLife. <laughs> um, so even though it's sold out, um, it didn't feel packed in a way a packed day at the park does. And that made it really enjoyable. There was space to walk, always an attraction to go on without a mind numbing way. And I just love also the way they like set this, the tone, right? Slightly different lighting around the park, um, different music. My favorite little touch is they have actors dressed as ghosts in the front of Haunted Mansion, interacting with you in the queue um, in the graveyard or on the other side. And that I always think is so fun. I love that. I love yeah. that. I, like I said, I haven't gone. I haven't gone this year. I don't know if I'll be able to get out this year, just schedule wise and everything like that. But I'm glad you got to experience it. I'm glad you're telling us about it here for so people that may have not have gone. I don't know how many dates they have left that aren't sold out. I know a lot of them are sold out. I'm I'm uh, sure most of them are sold out, but it does go yeah. all the way till November this year, November yeah. 1st. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, Disney doesn't skip a beat. They I think they're going. No. All the way to November 1st, and then I think the holiday parties, I think the ones that, uh, I know the ones for a fact that at Hollywood Studios start on the 11th. Yes. So, you know, it's it's definitely a short time window there. But I I think this might be the last year that I missed the party based on your review, and I might have to start getting out to it. Yeah. Uh, just for my quick research, October 20th, 27th, 29th, and November 1st do still have tickets. Oh, okay. Uh, well, limited dates if anybody wants anything. Limited dates, and it looks like they're going to be sold soon. But uh, oh, absolutely. You know, if you go and don't have a good time, don't blame me. And if you go <laughs> and you, if you if you go and you do have a good time, we'll talk all about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we wanted to, um, if you listen to our episode last week when we had laid out the plans for this week, we were going to review a movie, the nun two. Um, that is not going to happen. I have not been able to go to the movies uh, because of the injury, which is honestly being really hard for me. Cause norm like on a day to day week, I'll go to the movies two to three times a week. It's sort of my, my thing that keeps me tethered 
to reality. Um, like my uh, token from Inception is my Absolutely. ability to go to the movies. You and um, I both. So I'm, I'm hoping tomorrow, and if not tomorrow, this weekend to to go back. But um, uh, movie reviews is certainly something we're going to do here in the future. Just not going to be able to have that for you this week. But if and when I do finally see The Nun 2, I'll be like, yeah, I saw it. It was fine. Happy Halloween. I, I'll sit on my Nun 2 takes until we talk about it in the coming weeks. And I'm sure that we can have a discussion about that. I know we had discussed having about a discussion about a haunting in Venice as well. Yeah. And uh, also with the exorcist believer just around mm -hmm. the corner, that is definitely one I'm, we're going to want to talk about here on the show. Absolutely. Um, before we end, uh, we wanted to introduce a new segment um, to the show that we're going to do every week called steam, steamy, steam, steamy, steam, steamy, uh, in steam which we, <laughs> Jay and myself will give our hot takes for the week. Um, takes that are so hot that they can only be described as steam, steam, steamy. <laughs> I, no one will ever know why we're steamy, steaming, and that's fine. We're cracking ourselves up. It's okay. Yeah, you're 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 being amused at our own stupidity, and for yes. that I I thank you. I uh, I will not I will not rest until everybody that listens to this says steamy, steamy. Listen, it's gonna happen. Yes. Just because she couldn't make fetch happen doesn't mean we can't make steamy steamy happen. Steamy steamy. Yep. So what is your steamy steamy take for the week? Jay? Oh, my steamy steamy take. We just we just talked about you were talking about the nun too. We were talking about haunting in Venice and about upcoming movies that are coming out. My hot take this week is I've been to the movies a lot this year. Maxwell's been to the movies a lot this year as well. We've both been uh, movie connoisseurs of sorts and we've we spend how many times at the movies a week you said two or three times sometimes i think it's more i i uh i think it's more than that but my take is that you need to go to the movies if you're listening to this right now and go see what you want to see see what you like stop looking at aggregate review scores and when i say aggregate review scores i'm talking about from sites like rotten tomatoes or, or other outlets that kind of pool all the reviews together for you i think it's a i don't think it's a great metric for you to base your movie going experience on i think a lot of times you can get confirmation that a good movie is great or a great movie is something phenomenal and a once in a lifetime thing but i don't think it should inform your decisions about what you should see one of the case in points that i would make is something that was a middling review on aggregate sites was blue beetle uh maxwell and i saw blue beetle and we loved it right we loved it yeah it was a blast yeah exactly we loved it so i I don't like to I don't like to take those scores and have them inform how I view art. Everybody sees art differently. Some art will speak to me and not to swell and vice versa. And that's okay. I think that looking for confirmation that I should experience certain types of art from a third party source is not always the correct way to go. And yeah, that, that's kind of my take. I, I think it's an incredibly thoughtful hot take. Um, I think when I, I remember when Rotten Tomatoes first hit the scene, and we're talking 25 years ago, it functioned interestingly as a place where you could just go and get easy access to all the myriad reviews that critics wrote on the internet. Right. It was just like a listing 
page for those reviews. And in those early days when it was really the super movie nerds who were ever even going on the internet to look at stuff about movies 25 years ago, there was an understanding that whatever the score was on Rotten Tomatoes, it wasn't weighted. Right. So I don't know if you're Jay, are you familiar with Metacritic? Yes, I am. So Metacritic's a similar website to Rotten Tomatoes. It's a review aggregator. But the reason why, if I do have to pick one or the other, I prefer Metacritic is when it comes up with that aggregate review, it is appropriately weighting each individual review. Right. So if you were to write a review that would be one stars out of four stars, that information gets plugged in versus someone else's who's four out of four. On Rotten Tomatoes, it doesn't matter if your review is an overwhelmingly effusive praise or it's a just barely passing. That gets counted as fresh. So right. that's why those numbers are so thin at best. And the way the conversation around it has circulated, now it becomes like almost an unimpeachable metric of fact used to, to discuss a movie when it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, and I think that what comes up with, and again, I don't, I don't have a pro, I don't necessarily, I don't have a personal problem with Rotten Tomatoes or anything. I think that what happens in Rotten Tomatoes and in, in in their scoring is, is like usually the stuff at the edges is everybody largely agrees on a lot of the time, you know. Yeah. I, I, it, it but it has to be like five percent rotten or ten percent rotten or whatever you want to call it, or ninety some percent, and then people largely agree, but everything in the middle is muddy because of the 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 reasons you mentioned it everything in the middle is muddy so if you come and you tell me oh well, something's sitting at 67 percent, well i might like it i might dislike it it might not speak to me it might speak to me who knows you know i and i am better off if i can or if i want to going to see that film because i really want to see it or have a desire to see it because it speaks to me in some way from something i saw in a trailer or an advertisement rather than sitting back and going, oh, the number's not high enough or the number's not where I want it, the magical number, so therefore I'm not yeah. going to go. I agree with you. I, I think people should just make up their own mind about what they do or don't want to see. And listen, of course, I understand it's expensive to go to the movies. It takes time. I understand being thoughtful in the decision-making. And, and in those cases, things like this can be helpful. But yes. in general, I think it is such a binary almost arbitrary numerical value that should hold so little weight. I, the one exception I will say is if there's something that piqued my interest, but I wasn't necessarily sold on, like I'll see it eventually. And then I notice it getting like incredibly high percentage. Maybe then I will let it convince me to go see something sooner than I would have. Yeah. Oh yeah, so for that, sure. So for it, sure. It, it can, ha I'll let it have a slightly positive effect on me, but I will never decide not to see a movie because it has a bad rating and my opinion is my own opinion yeah like I, like okay jim smith of the new york whatever didn't like it cool i did life goes on right <laughs> it sounds so simple sounds yet, so simple so simple but yet not yet. very simple in the age of the in the age of the internet and social media and everybody having an opinion it sounds simple but it's not that was a real steam steam take you had steam steamy steam steamy steam steamy uh, we will be back to you next week with more madness mayhem uh more steamy steamy um and more fun topics uh before we hit the road uh where can people find you on the internet if they want to engage with you 
Um, normally they can find me on Twitter. I won't call it X. We said, we talked about this on this podcast. Um, you will find me there at aesthetic puppet. You'll find me on TikTok at aesthetic puppet. You'll find me everywhere as aesthetic puppet, you know, threads, you name it. You can find me in all of them. Instagram aesthetic puppet. It, it's the same thing everywhere. You can, you can holler at me and say, Hey Jay, what are you doing? Hey Jay. Yes. What are you doing? I'm talking to you right now. Oh, uh, <laughs> You can find me on Twitter uh, at Cinemaxwell. Instagram's at Cinemaxwell Inc. I'm on TikTok somewhere. Uh, I don't remember the name. I don't use it that much. Uh, thank you, everyone, once again, for listening to Let's Slay with Swell and Jay. I've been Swell. He's and been I'm Jay. And uh, until next time, have an amazing week and don't fall and break your elbow, please. Bye-bye.